welcome to episode number 64 of the Downsize with Style podcast to help you achieve a stylish and functional home in a more compact space. My name is Bettina Deda. I'm an interior designer, stylist and color consultant and author of the award-winning book Downsize with Style. As this is the last episode for 2015, I thought I'd wrap up the year with a selection of three episodes that have been most popular in 2015. So this is the best of 2015 show. And uh, the first um, extract is from the podcast Decluttering by Categories, where I will talk about why this method is so effective and will help you achieve results very quickly. The second um, second um, episode is um, from... Um, a show that was called Seven Things to Consider When Downsizing and it gives you an overview of seven important things to think of before you make any decisions. And the third um, clip is a case study from Emptiness to No Nest which um, where a couple in the US shares their story, how they sold their house and now are traveling the world in a caravan. But before we go into uh, the three clips, um, I would just like to give you a quick overview of what is coming up with the podcast show. I'm currently planning 2016 and how to continue with the show, how to improve the content. Um, so there will be a short break at the beginning of the year. Um, please stay in touch and check out regularly when new episodes are coming out. I would love to hear from you what interests you most and what you would like to hear more of. So please, if you have any ideas or suggestions or topics you would like to um, have uh, discussed, please email me at um, Bettina, as B-E-T-T-I-N-A, at bdcolordesign.net.au with your ideas. And um, I would also like to shortly introduce or announce a new workshop, the first one that is running in 2016 on the 20th of February. It is called Mood Boarding 101, and this is a workshop um, aimed at consumers, home decorators, and business owners who want to work more creatively and imply design thinking to their projects. So please visit the website uh, www.bdcolordesign.net.au slash moodboarding101. So I repeat that www.bdcolordesign.net.au slash moodboarding101 to learn more about this exciting workshop, to book your seat. Places are limited. It will be a lovely um, working atmosphere with lots of hands-on um, work and practical exercises. Uh, the early bird special ends on the 31st of January and is uh, $245. So please visit the website to um, have a, a view and learn more what you will expect at this workshop. So before uh, the clips start, I would also like to take the opportunity to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And I hope we stay connected in 2016. And now please enjoy um, the best of 2015 clip show of the Downsize with Style podcast. 
Decluttering is the first step for any room makeover and even more so if you're downsizing and moving to a new home. You have to get rid of some of your things. So let's have a bit have, let's have a closer look at decluttering. Why is it so important? Well there are many reasons. And I want to give you three. The first one is you're downsizing. And as the word implies, you're moving to a smaller home. You will need to let go of some of your things. The second one is decluttering um, is necessary to sell your family home. So if you want to sell it, you need to tidy up and declutter for inspection days. And thirdly, and that's the most important one, decluttering is actually a step towards your future lifestyle. Decluttering will help you achieve your desired lifestyle. A life with less stuff, less excess stuff and clutter, and a life where you can concentrate on the meaningful things, the things that you actually want to do someday. So get rid of all these obstacles and start doing them right now. And I know it's not a favorite task for most people. It's frequently postponed. So no one wants to declutter. People postpone it and then they procrastinate and nothing happens. And we can't get our heads around it anymore. So to get started, I recommend to be 100% committed. You have to make it a priority and you have to make it a regular habit. So make it a priority and then schedule some time to do it. And here you have to be really realistic. Look at your weekly calendar, your weekly schedule and allocate a realistic time frame that you can do every week maybe on decluttering. And then show up and do it. Don't postpone it. Treat it as an important appointment. So commit to it, make it a priority, schedule it and do it. That's the first step. Once you are committed, okay, I'm going to do it. Now, you have to, um, I suggest making it a regular habit because establishing a routine is a really powerful tool to overcome obstacles. And if you can make it a regular habit, you will keep doing it over time. And I know changing habits is not a very easy task and it's frequently um postponed again. We have so many bad habits, but we uh, should also try and, and um, establish some good habits, habits that actually lead us to um, develop ourselves and to move on. And you might know that saying, um, thoughts become words, words become actions, and actions become habits. So if you want to change your actions, your habits, you have to um, start with your mindset and start thinking um, what are your beliefs and all your assumptions you have around decluttering? Why is it so hard for you to do and let go of these old beliefs that belief systems than the past, basically? So commit to it. And um, uh, now once you have set that all up, it's a question of how, how do I start? What's the best method? And um, there are many methods out there, and I'm not a decluttering specialist, but I'm a born organizer, and decluttering comes naturally to me. I do it all the time, all year round, my house under control. And I have read quite a bit about decluttering and um, home organizing, 
and how to organize your life. And I found actually a couple of really interesting books. And one is called um, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, which is a fantastic little book by a Japanese lady called Marie Kondo. And she has promoted this um, decluttering by category method. And I... I believe this is one of the best methods to do it. I tried it with one of my clients and it worked really well. So, why do categories matter? And that leads me to another very interesting book called The Organized Mind. And the guy who wrote it is an Americanist and he, um, in the beginning of the book, he explains how our brain works. And our brain loves um, processing information in categories. It's an act of cognomy. So, for example, if we look at the beach, we don't see each single grain of sand. We recognize it as a collective. And that's how the brain does it. It treats things of being as a kind and then processes them collectively. So, just for really practical purposes, because it doesn't want to waste valuable neural processing cycles on things that are not important for the actual uh, matter. And so this is an inherent capability of our brain. Why not using it to organize our life? And this is how what Marie Kondo basically um, promotes in her book. So we declutter by category. And what you do is you tackle all your stuff in categories by categories. And for example, categories can be clothes, and they, these are divided in subcategories like pants, shirts, um, jackets, handbags, shoes, etc. Then a category can be books, it can be kitchen utensils, hobby gear, uh, maybe your photos, photo albums, and all that. But I recommend starting with easier categories like clothing and books. That's much easier than all the photo albums and the sentimental things. So um, now let's take an example for um, today. Like we declutter, we start decluttering by category and we use um, our, um, we start with our clothing. Now what you do is basically you have to take out all the stuff of, out of your wardrobe. So for example, you subdivide the category clothing in uh, pants and what I just said before, and we start with our pants. So take out all the pants of your wardrobe and um, put them on one pile. And now comes an important part. Um, you have to go around your house and find all the other storage spaces where you keep pants. Because what typically happens is people disperse their storage in their houses. So go around and find other places where you keep pens and then bring them all to one spot where you work on where you want to work on your decluttering project. And then you take each of your pens in your hands and answer one questions, one question and that is does this item make me happy? Does it bring any joy to my current life? And the important thing here is current life. If the pens were from 30 years ago and you wore them when you studied or whatever, when you started working and they don't fit anymore anyway. So let go of them. And you have to be a bit ruthless here, but let go of them, be grateful for the time you had them and the, the 
um, 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 experiences you had with them or whatever. But let go of them because these are the things that anchor you in the past. And the good news is you don't have to throw them in the bin. You can, if you have a lot of um, stuff in good condition, you can um, donate it or sell it, even sell it. There are second-hand boutiques, there are the charities who take are really grateful for donations of um, everything that is in a good condition. And I have listed in my book Downsize with Style um, a couple of pages where you can sell, donate, recycle, swap. So um, have a look at that and be inspired. And so you go through your pile, all your pens, and you design. Then, of course, once you're done, you have to follow up with actions. The ones you keep, they go back in the uh, wardrobe. And the others, other piles, you have to then um, bring it to the charity or um, bring it to the bin or sell it on eBay or online platforms. And then, of course, you follow through with your next subcategory. And if you keep doing that persistently over a time of period of time every week or every every second day or whatever how much time you have you will achieve your results because that establishing this routine will gain momentum and then you what happens with this method decluttering by category is that once you keep going you um clear spaces storage spaces around your house at the same time so let me give you an example. I've done that, um, I've used that category, um, uh, that uh, method to work with a client um, and we did, a, uh, she had bought one of my downsizing packages and we um, worked on her linen um, cupboard. And we took it all out, sorted the things and while we did that, she decided that she didn't need most of the bedding and the sheets and some were old and she didn't like them anymore and she didn't use them anymore. So we made like these piles for the charity or the bin and it took us about an hour and the whole linen cupboard was nicely tidy sorted. Everything was back on the shelf. She sorted it into the different categories she wanted to have. And then I asked her, where else do you keep... Um, items that actually belong in that cupboard and she said oh yeah well I have this other cupboard in the um, guest room and so we went then um, found another pile of blankets and throws sorted them back in the linen cupboard and there was still space left so that whole thing took us about an hour and she had a nicely sorted um, linen cupboard and she had cleared some space in the other wardrobe in the guest room. And if you keep doing, following through with this method, you will clear spaces around your house at the same time in several places. And that's the power of this method. With the changing lifestyle, it's vital to think about um, many points and things um, and I am going to talk about seven things so first of all the costs then number two the lifestyle number three location number four functionality number five independence number six security and number seven social networks so let's start with a very important topic the costs consider the total cost of downsizing and this starts, for example, with selling your family home. So I recommend to 
at least consult at least three agents, real estate agents, for appraisals of your family home and really find out how much you can realistically sell it for. And um, then ask yourself, how much money will I have to invest in a new apartment? So you want to achieve as much as possible from the sale of your house so that you can invest it in a new apartment. Start searching early for a place to live. And there are specific real estate websites that focus on apartment developments and retirement villages in Australia and overseas. And if you follow that pod, uh, my podcast, you will have um, maybe listened to an interview with Amanda Graham from Seniors Housing Online. Um, you can go back um, on my website and find the episode um, on the Downsize with Style web website slash podcast. And um, she uh, runs this um, platform where you can uh, type in your search criteria and look for apartments or retirement villages in Australia and overseas. So start searching early. If you plan to buy into a body corporate, check out monthly fees and also consider consulting a strata searcher to help you make the right decision. You don't want to end up with um, bad surprises. And again, there was an previous episode where I interviewed a strata searcher. Depending on where you would like to live, calculate your cost of living. So in an, in a, an inner city environment, this might be higher, uh, the cost of living might be higher than in the suburbs. And then think about what additional furniture you might need and if you can repurpose some of your existing pieces. Um, Selling your family home usually requires decluttering and um, if you know my book, I'm a big fan of um, keeping some of your beloved furniture pieces and take them into your new home and mix and match with new things or repurpose existing pieces. So the next point is lifestyle. Take some time to really thoroughly think about your desired lifestyle after downsizing. For example, which activities, hobbies or interests do you want to pursue? How will you accommodate your hobbies and what will you need to do so? So for example, if you are a painter and you love painting, um, you might need and you have painted in a garage or maybe in a studio on your property, you might find a way to accommodate that hobby if you move to an apartment. And again, there is a podcast from a few months ago where we talked about that as well. Generally speaking, embrace the change and be open to opportunities that come with it. Maybe you um, want to join and meet new people and other emptinesses in your area. So check out the website Meetup, M-E-E-T-U-P, um, to join other MTNSs in, in your area. There's many, many groups um, you can join everywhere in the world, and I'm pretty sure there will be something around your area. Or you could um, set up a new group if you can't find anything that um, appeals to you. And also, um, do the things 
you always wanted to do. Think about your future lifestyle. Maybe you always wanted to exercise, start painting, join a writing group, travel, socialize with friends, or spend more quality time with um, people that mean something to you, your family, for example. So really embrace the change and all the opportunities and experiment and try some new things. You deserve it. And you might be surprised what... Um, what comes up for you if you um, do something different. Next point, location. Choose a location that is close to the places you love and the services you need. There are studies that show that many retirees are not ready to retire from work in their 50s but wish to downsize, pay off their mortgage and live a simpler life with less stuff. So if you need to commute to work and if you want to use uh, your car less often, maybe choose a location close to public transport. A survey um, conducted by Seniors Housing Online, the platform I just mentioned before, um, of 1,068 people revealed that 88% expect a garage or parking space, but 85.3% also want to live near public transport facilities. Over 80% said they were prepared to move away from their local area to find the right retirement property and lifestyle. So location is important. The next step, the next thing to consider is functionality. Examine the design features of a prospective new home. Don't just go in it and think, oh, it looks nice, it will somehow work out really Think about the design features and regardless of whether you are considering buying of the plan or downsizing to an independent living unit, always have a close look at the features of your new home. How functional is it? Does it have enough storage? Is there a balcony or courtyard that you can use as additional outdoor area, which makes your home bigger in summer, or additional room? What about traffic flow? Are walkways wide enough once you have furnished the apartment? Does it have enough natural light? And also consider consulting a professional to assist you in optimizing the existing design according to your needs. Now, the next point is important, independence. Make sure your home allows for you to live in it safely, independently and comfortably so you can age in place. You might want to live the next 20 years in your apartment. And to be honest, none of us wants to think about the days when health conditions might deteriorate and walking might become difficult, but those days can come at an advanced age. So if you want to stay in your prospective apartment for the next 20 years, have a close look at the details of its design and the features. For example, how high are overhead kitchen cupboards? Are they in easy reach or do you need a step ladder to get something out of them? How big is the bathroom? Can it be easily updated with safety features if necessary? How wide are clearances throughout the apartment? The smaller the apartment, the more important it is to work out how your existing furniture is going to fit. And this is one of my... Um, most important topic, space planning. Work out before you move if your furniture is going to fit and you will find a whole chapter in my book Downsize with Style about how to do that. Space planning, very important. So the next point is security. Check 
on security and you will have peace of mind. See, um, the aspect of increased security can, uh, in an apartment block can play an important role in the decision-making process when downsizing. I've spoken to empty nesters um, who told me that they sleep much better since they moved to a secure apartment building and the lady who sometimes is on her own when her husband travels feels much safer in that environment with the neighbors around her. So think about that, some point to consider. And it can be reassuring to know that you are not alone in a building and that neighbors are within reach, easy reach in case of an emergency. And it's also an opportunity to embrace the change and meet some new friends. So just if you move to an apartment block, go and ring at your neighbor's door and introduce yourself. Maybe invite them to a coffee. So then um, the last point, social network. Don't underestimate the importance of family and friends around you and the opportunity to make more. And I've just named a few um opportunities you can uh, follow. So how important is your social network? When downsizing to another suburb, city or even another country, you might lose friends and your family might be far away or you, and, and you will have to reduce the number of interactions with them. So think about how important your social network is for you. Are your family and friends a substantial part of your life right now? Would you be able to cope without a network of friends you can count on when needed? Things to consider and really think about before you make a decision. And as I mentioned already, when moving away from your existing network, make a plan for how you can find new friends. Consider voluntary work, join a community center, connect with groups of like-minded people, maybe people who have the same hobby, who paint, who write. Yeah, so welcome Veronica and David. Uh, how are you today? Fine, thanks, Tina. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> uh, it's so great to have you here. Maybe um, I should not ask how are you, but, but when, <laughs> when, where are you now at the moment? <laughs> We we actually are in uh, we we drove away. We were supposed to be in Charleston, South Carolina this weekend for for an event there, and we were almost there. <laughs> this morning we decided to turn around and drive inland to get away from a huge storm that's supposed to hit tomorrow. So we're in Georgia. We just stopped in our little motorhome. <laughs> yeah, an unexpected <laughs> Georgia visit. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Yeah, so you are basically traveling around in a motorhome. Is that your new house now? Yes. Basically. <laughs> Absolutely. And we might be the guest, your first, your your smallest spaced guest yet. <laughs> it's really, we're, we're, it's actually kind of a customized van. So yeah. it's tight in here. <laughs> yeah. Did, yeah. Is that, did you have that made for you especially or was it just one you bought in a, in a store where they sell these motorhomes. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, we we bought it. It's actually our third one. We we bought our first one just a beat up old used one because we thought this would just be a temporary thing and we'd just go for maybe a year or whatever, kind of what we call a victory lap for yay, the kids are raised. Yeah. But once we were doing it, uh, we loved it and we thought, I mean, it was really a beat up old motorhome. It's we bought old, it. 83 Chevy. <laughs> 
Yeah, we bought it on eBay. (laughs) So so we thought, okay, well, it'll die and that won't be any big deal. But it kept running and running. And as we went along then, we really fell in love with this. And so we had another one like it for several years. And then just this year, we decided, no, we need something small enough that we can like park in regular parking spaces and leave it at airports and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So now we have this really small it's a motorhome, but it's basically a van, but it actually has a little kitchen and has a bathroom with a shower and everything. I mean, it has everything you want. It's just really, really close together. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. By the way, you are the first... Um podcast interviews I, I have in the US so that's really interesting today and exciting <laughs> so yeah no. we're representing well yeah, yeah exactly. podcasting podcasting live from a van exactly <laughs> that, that's really cool because yeah it's all downsizing in style you know yeah, <laughs> so um, yeah so, so tell our listeners or even me because I don't know a lot about you what made you decide to let go of everything and travel the world Well, I was what? I, do you have the term helicopter mom there in, in I, Australia? I don't know. Uh, maybe, but I'm I'm German, so I don't know. This oh. <laughs> well, we have um, we have a term here in the U.S. called helicopter mom. That's a mom that hovers over everything their children do, and I that was the typical helicopter mom. Oh. Um, I even worked at the school that they went to. So I knew everything that was going on in their lives. Yeah. And so the idea when they grew up and left the nest of going back to that, going back to my desk and, and uh, not being there with the kids was, you know, kind of really rough. So I needed to make a drastic change. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that was a big influence. And also the fact that we'd been living down on an island in the Caribbean called St. Croix in the U.S. Virgin Islands near Puerto Rico. Um, We'd been down there for eight years and really, I mean, we didn't fall completely out of touch with people, our friends up here in the States and stuff, family and friends. But, you know, it's hard to keep in touch when you're a thousand miles across the ocean from Miami, much less anywhere else in the United States. Yeah, phone calls aren't enough. (laughs) You know, you really want to see them in person. So that was kind of our first big impetus was to say, okay, If we go back up, we can spend a year or so and see everybody and catch back up, and then we'll figure it out after that, you know. Yeah, and the, but then this year went into became more years. So how long? How long? Over seven. Seven now. Seven years. Yeah, okay. well, that was 2008 when we left. So. Oh, see, that was the year when I moved to Australia. Oh, okay, great. So it's a big year for emptiness. A year for mo- a year for moving. <laughs> Yeah. So, and so seven years you have been traveling, but you don't have a house anywhere at the moment, like a real house. <laughs> no. no, we sold our house because, well, we didn't want to have it down there and, and we didn't really know what we were going to do after that. Yeah. And, and then now it just would be too hard to have, you know, be kind of tied to one when we're never <laughs> around and yeah. now actually the last few years we've traveled overseas a whole lot more so we spend at least half the year outside of the u.s yeah um yeah. and so yeah it would be really difficult to keep a house yeah that's i understand that yeah yeah when we came here to australia i mean when we didn't downsize because we came i came here with my two children and my family um, and right. they are still young. They're only 10 and 13. So it's not time to downsize at the moment. But it's this thing. We decided to sell our 
uh, we had a house and an apartment and investment property. So we sold most of it in Germany because we thought it's just too hard, 10,000 kilometers away to sort yeah, all yeah. that stuff out, you know. Anyway, so, yeah, so you've been traveling the world. So what, uh, and I read, I saw on your blog, that's really interesting, all these little posts from everywhere. So where have you been everywhere? Or did you have a plan or just did you go, oh, next, <laughs> let's go to Australia now or let's go to Europe or what was that? No. <laughs> Honestly, when we started out, we used to say the plan is no plans and we would just kind of go wherever. But we yeah. stayed in the U.S. at first, driving around in our little motorhome. Yeah. And then as we kept going and, and we got the blog going and it got to be popular, then uh, some travel companies and tourism bureaus and that sort of thing started contacting us ah. about, you know, saying, oh, would you come and visit and, and write a story for us? And so the last, like I say, three or four years, we've been doing a lot of that. So that kind of dictates where we go more than anything else. <laughs> I mean, we do have, a, you know, we have places we want to go and we go on our own from time to time. But, mm. you know, if somebody just, I'll, I'll give you an example, just this past July, uh, the I tourism board from Ireland got a hold of us and asked, well, can you go next week? Can you come next week over here? We have a couple of spots on a trip for you. And I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> so we just parked, we parked the motor home at the airport and, and flew over to Ireland. So, I mean, yeah, we, we, a lot of times we don't know where we're going to be 10 days ahead of time. Other times we planned a few months ahead and that sort of ah, thing. That sounds really exciting. So basically you didn't have the idea to, do that blog when you started traveling that just came afterwards because um, people discovered you and thought oh you have to well run. well no we i mean we we started blogging right off the bat but mostly it was just because um you know we wanted to keep family and friends abreast yeah. of what we were doing um and it was really kind of funny and and you know we started getting comments from people that we didn't know and we were thinking well you know this is kind of cool so we started playing with that and our older daughter got us um you know got us on social media kicking and screaming yeah. and uh we uh we found out we were kind of good at it well we also, i mean early on we wrote a lot of stuff that wasn't about travel we wrote a lot of stuff that was about making that transition into empty nest yes. and making the transition into having adult kids so there's a whole lot of that on our blog too Mm. Yes, it's really interesting. So now you're kind of, um, yeah, traveling here and there, doing some tourist um, <laughs> visits. And so, what what happens at these these tourist tourism boards? Let's say this island in Ireland, they call you and then they say, go on this trip and then write about it, or what? Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's they they. You know, we we write about our travel experiences, and we do that anyway. And yeah. so it's just a nice way to to go and and experience something. You know. Right. Yeah. But, um, but do you then also sorry. include this um, tr aspect of empty nesting or of downsizing, or is it more like the travel experience? Oh, we do both. Yeah. We we I mean, we call our website Baby Boomer Travel and Empty Nest Lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a it's a little of both. I mean, I'll go off on anything from, you know, trying Botox to to uh um you know, jumping off of a you know, out of an airplane to to, you know, yeah. hair in weird places. I mean, it just depends on what I feel like writing. <laughs> well there's there's actually a whole lot about downsizing in our book, the the Going yeah. Gypsy book. Um, really does, because that covers that first part of our journey. 
where we were leaving St. Croix and, and coming up to the States to start traveling around in the motorhome. So we had to sell all our stuff and pack up what we wanted to keep and decide what you keep and what you don't and all of that sort of thing. So there's really a lot in the book about how we decided to downsize the way we did. Yeah, this is what one of my next questions is. So that book is basically came about earlier when you started traveling. Or is when did, um, that, when did that come out, your book? Well, it, it covers the time when we first started, but yeah. we actually started, it took a long time to write. Yeah. <laughs> it took us like, because we kept writing, writing and writing. So it took us like four years to write. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, that's, that's not unusual, yeah. I think. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. yeah, it it oh. uh, it just came out actually earlier this year. Oh right, but okay. It it covers the part of oh. our journey, like I said, yeah. from that yeah. just really that first year, or the summer where our son was going off to college, to university, and we were selling our house. And like I say, we had yeah. to decide what to keep and what not to keep. Yeah, and so. what to ship up. It, I mean, plus we had we were on a little island in the middle of nowhere, mm. so everything we kept had to be shipped up back up to the states. Yeah. Um, so, to a storage unit, we had to put it in storage, so it had to all fit in boxes, you know. <laughs> so. Do you still have that storage unit? <laughs> well, we, we have a different one, but it's, it's we still have a place full of all our stuff, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's time to let go of that as well. <laughs> Well, you know, we, I basically got it down, and I'm sure you talk about this uh, a lot. You know, I mean, if yeah. it's if you're not using it every day, yeah. it's probably not. You know, but well, I got down to 16 boxes, and it was air, you know, family heirlooms, yeah. and yeah. you know, things that you're just not going to give up. Mm. Uh, you know, photos and and all of that. Um, you know, treasured keepsakes, but yeah. Yeah, that's basically what's in those boxes. So no, I won't ever get rid of them. No, those. And other than that, literally, that's what we could carry with us on the airplane. That's what we mm. took with us. So, so how did you go about deciding what to uh, basically, or sorting out your things and deciding what to keep in that storage unit? How did you do that? Well, Veronica was a lot better about that than I was. I. I would dig through, you know, little boxes of old stuff and look at it and think, oh, remember this and show her and all. So it would have t- we'd still be down there sorting through the stuff. <laughs> so she was a lot more like, nope, haven't used it in years, get rid of it. Nope, haven't used it in years, get rid of it. So yeah. it was basically that. And like she said, if it wasn't something that had sentimental value or some real personal value to us, mm. we basically got rid of it. Mm-mm. Yeah, that that is a hard thing, I guess, for most people to. I think you have to be a bit ruthless sometimes and really decide. Yeah, do I really need that and and just let go of it? Um, I always say, like in my workshops or so, to people, it's often these things. If we can't let go of them, they keep us. Um, they they hold us back in the past and don't let us move to the future because we carry that stuff with us in subconsciously all the time. We know we have all these things, you know. So um, I think, yeah, so you have to be ruthless and maybe courageous as well and just go for it and let go of a lot of things and then um, move forward. But for you, I think it was a, a good decision you 
you made, wasn't it? Like it sounds like that. <laughs> oh yeah, we're we're extremely happy. I mean, our lifestyle is most definitely not for everyone. No, yeah. <laughs> and we would never want anybody to be as crazy as we are. But uh, it works for us somehow. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, I mean, there is a freedom to get rid, of, get to getting rid of a whole bunch of your stuff. You know, I mean, yeah. it just you, you really when you go through your house, especially if you've been in the house for a long time, you gather up a whole. <laughs> stuff <laughs> yeah yeah this is right and the more space you have the more things you keep somewhere in this all in these yeah. spare bedrooms and wherever yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. People and keep. you don't even want to don't even get me started <laughs> on what was in the attic <laughs> oh, no. yeah 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 oh my yeah um All right, so this book, basically, people, if they are interested, just to go back to that book once more, they people can order that, um, I guess, on Amazon, on your website, um, wherever. Yes. Is yes. It, yeah. Is it mostly yes, online? Yeah. There's right. a big, nice link right on the top of the website. <laughs> Good. So, so the, book's called, the book's called Going Gypsy, One Couple's Adventure from Empty Nest to No Nest at All. Yes. And um, that's Basically, I think that's the best subtitle ever because it tells the whole story. <laughs> it tells the whole story. And, and it's, a you know, it's a humor book. I mean, we don't take ourselves seriously at all. And we, you know, we like to, uh, to, to laugh and spread that humor through the book and through our blog. I mean, it's... Yeah. it's But there's also insight spread through it. I mean, I, you know, I, I think that's kind of the best way to kind of to share your insights as you've been through things that maybe somebody else hasn't been through. If you can share it with a little humor and make it fun, then, you know, all the better. Yeah. So, yeah. so and, and your website is um, www.gypsynesta.com. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. That's so, correct. Cool. If everyone, if the, some of the listeners want to have a look and order the books or go there. Um, uh, one question I have, um, have you ever been homesick? Like in a, in a sense that you would like to kind of return to a proper house somewhere, maybe on your island or somewhere else, or is that not? I think I think our biggest, uh, the biggest challenge we have with homesickness is when we're jet lagged or really tired and that you, you think, oh gosh, it would be great to just, you know, have uh, uh Uh, what, what did you say? Proper house? Yeah. <laughs> in a real house. <laughs> yes. A, a bathroom that you could actually stand up in. Yes, exactly. <laughs> But, um, you know, home is, I think more than anything, you know, home is where the people you love are. And, you know, we really try to travel in and out of where our kids are and, mm. you know, really be with them as much as possible. And, um, You know, it's it's great. Our girls live in New York City, so that's really easy. And our son's a pilot, um, so he has flying privileges. So, I mean, I feel like our the proper home is, you know, where our family is. Yeah, and that's where I mm. when I um, when I feel all warm and snug. <laughs> yeah. So, based, so you have two children, or how how many? We have three. three. We have two girls that live in New York City, and our son actually lives in Alaska. Yeah, so basically you you go regularly there to visit them, and then you can st stay with them. Then that's fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, that's good. What do they say actually to your <laughs> travel uh, <laughs> travel life or retirement life? Or <laughs> well, I mean, the first time our son saw our motorhome, he said, 
you guys are going to live in your house? You no, know, I mean, they're car. in your car, <laughs> you know, and, uh, uh, so he was pretty appalled, but he's kind of gotten used to the yeah, idea. They, yeah, they've come around to it. And I think they do like the idea that uh, we're not, you know, across the street or next door bugging them all the time yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, and like so, I said, my, my helicopter mom nature, you know, I'm not, you know, mom has something to do besides call them up on the phone and nag them for grandkids, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, that's, yeah, it sounds all really interesting. Great. Um, is there, yeah, I don't know, is there anything else you would like to share um, before I ask you for our three top tips for empty nesters? I mean, any other experiences you had or? Well, we just got back from Africa for the first time, which oh. was really absolutely oh, was, amazing. Yeah. Um, we did our first volunteerism uh experience which was oh just just fantastic we taught uh school or taught english at a school in tanzania and um helped helped rebuild the classroom yeah yeah so that was great but we also got to go on safari so that was really cool (laughs) that was really neat and that was with an outfit called discover Corps, and um they're just absolutely fantastic um, and next up, we're going to Sicily. Sicily. Yeah. Um, after we finish up in Nashville, we're do- we got accepted into the Southern Festival of Books, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah. And then we're going to go to Sicily with DBT Vacations. Um, and do a bike tour. And we're going to bike <laughs> Sicily. So my thoughts with that is I can eat all I want and burn it off on the bike. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and in Italy, eating all you want is that's really important. important. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been to Germany? We oh, have. Yes. We have. We've done quite a bit in Germany, yeah, we actually. We did a river cruise with Viking River Cruises through the, down the Rhine yeah. and Maine. And uh, we've just driven through it a couple of times just for fun. We'll just, uh, we've done it a few times where we'll just rent a car and drive around Europe <laughs> to see what we see. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, so we've, we've found some pretty cool stuff. In yeah, there's Germany. a little town called Wangen. Are you familiar with it? Vangen. Uh, Vangen in south. It's down in south, uh, southeast. It's uh, like south. Uh, how do you write? How do, how do you spell it? It's W A N G E N. Oh, no, I don't know that. It's really uh, small. Yeah, it's maybe absolutely it. incredible. And they've got these whimsical fountains all over town <laughs> that are just hysterical. I mean, yeah. they spit at you and tell <laughs> stories. Yeah. And I mean, it's I just love that. Uh, town. We've it's got just a whole a bunch, lovely little place. We've got a whole bunch of pictures of them on the website. About oh, so fountains. y'all have to go yeah. and have a look. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. awesome. All right, fantastic. Um, so what are your three top three tips for Emptiness is planning their downsizing journey, apart from selling everything and traveling. (laughs) Well, like I said, we don't expect you to be as crazy as we are. Our first one is to be flexible because, Mm. um, you know, you just never know what great things are going to are in store for you and to, to, to just embrace them. Yeah. Be open to what might happen. Honestly, we had no idea that we would be doing this. If you asked us a few years ago, we had no idea, but opportunities popped up and we just followed them and, uh, things worked out. I mean, I'm not saying that it always works perfectly, but if you're just willing to kind of be open to some opportunities, I think that's really good. Mm. Um, um, then the other one, Ronnie or Veronica already touched on, which but was, if you haven't used it in 20 years, you don't need it. Throw it away. <laughs> Give 
play or sell it or do something. But yeah, yeah. I think the biggest thing I miss my giant cappuccino machine that I used to have. <laughs> yeah, we can't share that. <laughs> but I, honestly, the biggest thing that we've learned and the biggest tip that we always say to people is uh, emptiness couples, especially, because there's a big void when your kids leave, I, you know, and, and you're both there like you've had all this focus for 25, 30 years on the kids. Mm. And all of a sudden that's just gone, more or less in an instant. The, the best thing that we've found to really kind of help reconnect as a couple has been to go out and just try new things together. For us, mostly it's through travel, but it doesn't have to be. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, you absolutely. And I'm not saying new things like uh, pick up hubby's yoga class or play golf with your wife, who's a big, you know, golfer. Do something completely new to both of you. Mm. 